Hello, everyone, and welcome into this episode of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams. And today on the podcast, I am going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys' golden opportunity coming up in this year's 2021, or I guess next year's, NFL Draft. Their golden opportunity. Listen to that first segment to understand what that's all about. Then... I talk about college football preview for week 10. The Pac-12 is back. I talk about some big matchups, all conferences, all across the country. Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida, Georgia. I talk about spreads. I talk about upsets of the week. There's a big upset of the week if you are a gambler and you want to make some money. There's one or two in there I think you could listen to me say and you're gonna make some good change on it that or you might go bankrupt who knows but without any further ado let's get in to the first segment okay let's start this off by talking about america's team the dallas cowboys and specifically their quarterback situation before i start any of this Obviously, a few weeks ago, Dak Prescott, uh, nasty, 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 season-ending leg injury. Hope he's okay. Hope he has a good recovery. Hope that he will be able to come back onto the field and be 100% again next year. And I think he will, but there's a chance, and that's going to be the whole point of this segment here, there's a chance it could be in an other team's uniform. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Cowboys and their quarterback situation. Because the Cowboys here have an opportunity. They have a golden opportunity that might not happen that often ever in the history of football. Well, I built that up a little bit too high. They have an opportunity to do something here. So let's explain this whole situation with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott obviously was in situ- in uh, contract negotiations, never fulfilled a long-term contract, put Dak Prescott on the franchise tag. For people that don't know what the franchise tag is, it's pretty much they pay, you put someone on the franchise tag, you pay them a lot, a team gets to retain that player's rights for one year, and they pay them, I think it's in like the top 5% of what their position makes for one year. So Dak was making... 30 plus million this year, but it was only one year. It was what Le'Veon Bell was kept getting hit with by the Steelers, and then he finally just didn't show up and then missed a year of football and then got signed by the Jets and then sucked and then got cut and then now he's on the Chiefs. But let's stay focused here. So you're the Cowboys. You don't have Dak locked up for next year. He's gone for this year. Okay. But if you look at the Cowboys' schedule... So far this season, they won two games with Dak. The miracle comeback against Atlanta, they probably should have lost that. And then they beat the Giants on a last-minute kick. So those are two close games that probably could have gone either way. So you're looking at the Cowboys, and they could potentially be 0-8 like the Jets if a few things don't bounce their way. Obviously, if they have Dak for these last few games that he missed, one of these games might go a different way, and they might actually be leading the NFC East right now, which is the NFC god-awful. I'm not even going to say the NFC least. It's the NFC what the heck is going on there. 
But if you're the Cowboys, you're two and six right now. You look through the entire landscape of the NFL, and you look at where, because right now your quarterback situation, you're barely winning games with Dak. Who, Dak, when he's having a good day, he's probably a top ten quarterback, borderline. He's somewhere in between that like nine to 15, 16 range. He kind of hovers in there. If you're the Cowboys, you look at that, and with whatever their quarterback's name is, with Cooper Rush, with all of these guys that they have or that they're going to bring in and try and play, Andy Dalton's on the COVID list, don't know how long he's going to be out, you're probably going to lose a bunch of games. you got the Steelers coming up, Vikings, Washington, Ravens, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, Giants. There's a chance that you could lose seven of these last eight games Maybe all of them. So if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you lose that, you go through the entire NFL, you think the Jets are probably going to be the worst team. You think the Jags are probably going to be right behind them. The Dallas Cowboys could have a top three pick in this NFL draft. And why is that important? If you do any sort of research on this NFL draft that's coming up, it's not just Trevor Lawrence that's the only quarterback that's coming out that is going to be special. That kid at Ohio State, Justin Fields, I'm telling you right now, he is going to be, I think, he's got top 10 quarterback potential, if not top 5 potential. This kid's going to be a stud. He's kind of in that mold of Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. He, he's, and, and that's not just because he's short. and he, he, He's that good. He's really good. And then you also have Trey Lance, who people really don't know much about. Well, people know about him, but... Uh, North Dakota State, so he's not D1, but he looks like he's going to be, Carson Wentz was D, or North Dakota State. He looks like he's going to be pretty good. So you potentially have three superstar franchise quarterbacks that are coming up. So what is the significance of that? Why do you say, why do you bring that up? You have Dak Prescott. Why don't you just keep Dak Prescott? Here's why. There's this trend in the NFL that's happened a few times where you get that quarterback, that really good quarterback on a rookie contract, you have him locked in on that rookie contract where he's, if you got him in the first round, he's still making good money, but he's not going to be making up that money where he could potentially be taking up 40, 30 to 40% of your cap space. So the theory is you have this quarterback on a cheap contract, and then you are able to spend while you use up your salary cap while he is not making that much, and you put a bunch of pieces around him. That's how the Rams got to the Super Bowl and lost. The Eagles won it, but then Carson Wentz, it didn't even matter because Carson Wentz got hurt, and they still won it. And it's how the Chiefs won it last year. This strategy works. It's kind of what the Cowboys were doing when they had before they were franchise tagging Dak. They were paying him nothing, and Dak was a fourth-round pick. He wasn't even making a million dollars a year. So if you're the Cowboys here, sure, you can re-sign Dak. He's probably going to... Maybe he will come down a little bit since the broken ankle. But if you're the Cowboys, you're going to be paying Dak a bunch of money now. You're already paying Zeke a bunch of money now. Jalen Smith a bunch of money. Amari Cooper a bunch of money. And Demarcus Lawrence a bunch of money. So you're looking through all of that, and yeah, you can have all these guys back, and you might be good enough to be like 8-7-1 and one and win the NFC East, but then just get knocked around by a playoff team in the first round. Or, 
And this, and this here, here's the thing, this isn't gonna be a fix-all problem. Or you can have a really high pick and you have your get out of jail free card and you can draft a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance. I don't think you'll be the number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence, but you can get a young quarterback who you're going to have locked up for five years on a rookie contract. And you're, it's not going to be a fix all. You still, you you made a bunch of other bad contracts. That's just a fact. If you're a cowboy and you're going to have to live with it for a while. A lot of those are bad contracts. It's overpaying for not the correct amount of production. So, but you might, if you get, let's say you get Justin Fields, you might be able to buffer the offensive line, buffer the secondary, add an interior defensive lineman, a new linebacker. You, you might be able to get two or three other positions to help your team solidify them. And if Justin Fields, Trey Lance, whoever you get, is that guy, is that guy who is a top five quarterback. That's You have that guy, and that is the most valuable thing you can have in the NFL. You have the weapons. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got some weapons around him, Zeke. That could be something that you, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you can turn around in the next few years and you can go back. Because look, look through your division. If you, if you can execute this properly and kind of retool your team this offseason, who's going to stop you in this division? Maybe the Giants, if they can kind of get things together. The Eagles, if they can get things together. But they haven't over the last few years. I don't know what Joe Judge is going to be. I don't know if Ravon Vera can fix the Washington football team. They still need to find figure out their offense. The Eagles, they just keep getting hurt every year, and Carson Wentz looks like he's regressing. He's under big money. So if you're the Cowboys, you have a get-out-of-jail-free card. And I understand Dak is good. but it, And here's the thing, too. It's, it's a good story for Dak, too. Because even if they, if they cut Dak loose, somebody's going to sign Dak. Dak's not going to be like Cam Newton out in free agency forever or Colin Kaepernick and never get signed. Dak will get signed. You don't think the San Francisco 49ers would try and sign him? The New Orleans Saints, if Drew Brees is gone? The Minnesota Vikings, if they can get off of Kirk Cousins? The Chicago Bears? You don't think the Chicago Bears would want Dak? Any other team in his division? The Broncos? You don't think the Broncos would want to try and get Dak? The Colts? The Patriots? There are all these teams, and... Even these teams that actually have quarterbacks under contract, I was thinking about this. How many other teams in the NFL right now would, if they if they could have that, just the Dallas quarterback situation right now, where you have this quarterback that you would potentially be paying big money or are already paying big money, you're paying this guy all this money, or and you're not sure about him. You're not 100% sold cuz if they were 100% sold on him, he'd be under contract now. So you're not it's that Kirk Cousins kind of window. How many teams that have that guy would love to have a reason where they can just get rid of him after next year for no for no additional money that they'd have to pay, no money off the books, no cap hits and get a top 5 quarterback pick next year. How many teams would do that? I might have an answer. I looked this up. Give me a second here. Okay, so let's go through this by division. With the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy G, 
Love to not have anything with him next year. No no cap hits. And take a top five quarterback? I'd say yes. The Rams, maybe. Maybe. We'll say no just for the case of argument. Arizona, no. Seattle, no. Atlanta Falcons, I think, yeah, I think they'd love to have a cheaper guy instead of Matt Ryan. The Carolina Panthers, maybe, but, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, it seems like he's good there, but I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the bridge quarterback in Carolina. No pun intended. Saints, yeah, because Drew Brees is going to be gone. Tampa will say no because they're winning their division. Minnesota, yes. Detroit, yes. Chicago, yes. Green Bay, no. Giants, maybe. I think they like Daniel Jones, so we'll say no. Cowboys is the team that we're talking about. Washington, I'd say yes. I don't think they think Dwayne Haskins is the answer. Eagles. Now, that's a tough one. I'm going to let all the Carson Wentz haters answer that question. Not leaning either way on that. Chargers, no. Broncos, yes. Raiders will say no, but also that one. Who knows with Gruden? Chiefs, obviously, no. Jaguars, yes. Houston, no. Colts, yes. Titans will say no because I think they like Tannehill and they think they think they're a contender. Bengals, no. Browns will say no because they're having a good year. Ravens, no. Pittsburgh, no. Jets, yes. New England, yes. Miami will say no because they just drafted Tua. In Buffalo, they're leading the division, so we'll say no. But what did I just name? About 12 teams that would love to be in this, uh, just the quarterback. I'm not talking about the rest of the roster. They would love to have that get-out-of-jail-free card right now. They would love, and this isn't saying anything bad about Dak. One, one of these teams that I just named would definitely sign Dak, and then Dak will even be in a better situation. It's better for Dak. Obviously, he won't have the face of the Dallas Cowboys. He won't have that brand. He might lose his Campbell's soup commercial or whatever other commercials he has, his body spray commercial. He might lose that, but he's still going to make good money. He could be for the Chicago Bears, who they're 5-3 and three right now with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, and they, those guys, it's just not good there. He could be on the San Francisco 49ers, who have, they're 4-4 four and four right now, but... When they've had a competent quarterback in there, they were in the Super Bowl last year. And people didn't even like Jimmy G. I think people universally probably like Jimmy G more than Dak. Or excuse me, Dak more than Jimmy G. The Broncos, they're 3-4 and four and they've had to patch things at quarterback. Drew Locke's kind of, we don't really know about him. The Colts are 5-2 and two with Phillip Rivers. I don't like Phillip Rivers. New England Patriots, you have Belichick. There's plenty of teams. He could still make the money. And he'll be in a better situation than Dallas. And if you're Dallas, you could potentially get a quarterback that could lead you into the future. That could, Because th- th- here's the thing. When you drafted Dak, he wasn't your franchise guy. I know there is an emotional attachment to him. I know all the fans love him. I know he's been a leader of that team. But it's not like you made this huge investment in the in him. It's not like you're the Bears and you traded up to get him at number two like they did with Trubisky. You lucked out with him. It, it was that whole thing at the beginning where 
he took over for Tony Romo when he came in and he just started winning games. And it's like, all right, when's Romo going to take his job back? But then Dak just kept winning. So Romo just retired. The Dak story is incredible. He's going to make money. But Dallas, you have a golden opportunity here. Don't waste it. Another option Dallas could do, like I just said, all of those teams could use quarterbacks. There's, there's, it's weird how there's like a, a surplus of quarterbacks, but also a shortage, it seems like, at times. If you're the Cowboys, and even though Jerry Jones hates Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy Johnson was the reason they won three Super Bowls, even though he coached for two of them, and then Jerry Jones fired him after they won the second because... Jerry Jones got embarrassed and then drunk and then mad and then fired him. The whole story. How Jimmy Johnson built that dynasty was he had the Herschel Walker trade, but he ended up, which was an absurd trade. He, they got like, I think he got six, seven, or eight picks up front for Herschel Walker. And But what he, the brilliant thing that he did, he didn't just do that trade. He would turn like a first round pick into three other picks. He'd turn a second round pick into two picks. He, he, he'd turn these picks and he eventually made, I think that just for Herschel Walker, after you counted all the other trades that they did, it was like 18 players that he got, which is insane. That's two thirds or that's like 40% of your football team. So if you're Dallas, you could do that. These quarterbacks, like I said, they are very valuable at the top of the draft this year. If you have that third pick, if you have the second pick, if you have the fourth or fifth pick, teams are going to want to trade up. Could you turn that number three pick in the draft to a first this year, a first next year, a few seconds, a third? Could you turn it into five picks? Because that's something you could do. And then you could re-sign Dak... And then you're going to have five valuable picks that you can then use to build around them, buffer your offensive line, get more help in the defensive secondary, get an interior defensive lineman. Don't draft a freaking wide receiver. No more of that, Jerry. It's something to think about if you're Dallas. You have an opportunity here. Don't waste it. Okay, so I thought that it would be a interesting experiment if for once on this podcast I did some predictions for the college football season, which is going to be week 10 this week, recording this Thursday night for everyone's information. No idea when this will be released to the world for consumption. I think I'm just going to go through the schedule here and I will tell you games that I think the outcomes are going to be or at least spreads on all of them. So let's go through that. Friday night, we have the Miami Hurricanes going up against the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Miami, it's also in NC State, by the way. Miami, 10.5 point favorites. I would go Miami with the spread. You look at North Carolina State this year. Two games they played actually good teams. They got spanked. I know I believe on in the previous podcast I hyped them up a little bit. 
I'm off the NC State bandwagon. I'm going away from them. I'm going in the other direction. I think Miami covers the spread. Friday night, you're not doing anything on your Friday night. Watch Miami, NC State. Ooh, another Friday night game. How about this? BYU, Boise State. Boise State, their third game of the year. They're ranked 21. BYU, 7-0, and a playoff, a college football playoff sleeper team here, folks. You do look a little bit closer at BYU. The good thing with them is every team that they've played, other than maybe one or two, even though I'm not the biggest person to be like, oh, you only beat this team by four points, so let's tear apart that loss and pretty much treat that like a loss. Or, excuse me, let's tear apart that one and treat that like a loss. I'm not that type of person. They're 7-0. They shellacked a few teams. Boise State, obviously. Boise State always has good teams. BYU, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I like BYU. I, I think there's a chance that BYU can go undefeated this year, and they will have a chance at the playoff. Because they win this game, they're going undefeated. Because they beat Boise State... Then they have North Alabama, and then San Diego State. I think they won all those games. San Diego State, uh, better than you think, but I I think BYU has a chance to make the playoff. But we'll see. We'll see. I like BYU, three-and-a-half point spread. I I think you take BYU with the points. Okay, Michigan, Indiana. Michigan, three-and-a-half point favorites despite losing to rival Michigan State. Indiana 2-0 after upsetting Penn State and then beating Rutgers. I I think you have to pick Michigan here. Even though Indiana has impressed, I'd pick Michigan. If there was an Indiana home crowd, I would be more tempted to lean Indiana's way. But if you look through the Jim Harbaugh era, there's really only two teams he kind of struggles with, and that's Ohio State and Michigan State. For some reason, those rivalries, Harbaugh just hasn't figured it out. But this is that those things that we were saying about, I wasn't saying them because I didn't do, the, the last podcast I did was after Michigan lost. But the thing about Harbaugh having better players at some positions having a better quarterback that that's a real thing still and i think michigan i think we give indiana the the right where indiana i don't want to say they'd cover we'll say i'd pick michigan with the spread yeah we'll we'll stick with it michigan with the spread courage of our convictions I, i think they have a bounce back week Arizona State, USC. Uh, This is the upset of the week, Arizona State. Like I said, Pac-12 first week. Also, I didn't say that earlier. Pac-12 is back. Pac-12 is back, people. First week. This is going to be a 9 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. For some reason, I feel like the away team might be better in that scenario. I have no idea. I think Herm Edwards is going to have his team a little bit more buttoned up. They might not. They Even though Arizona State has better talent than you think, they don't have the USC talent. But USC traditionally starts off slow. They start off slow every year, even though 
<laughs> they're starting in November this year, so maybe it would be different. They start off slow every year. Arizona State, better team than you think. They spent a lot of the year ranked last year. Their true freshman quarterback who started last year is going to be a sophomore now. Herm Edwards has built, see, successfully built a culture. I think Arizona State is even a sleeper to win the whole dang conference. USC's favored by 10.5 points. I'd pick Arizona State upright in this game. If not, it definitely 10.5 points. That means if they lose by 10 points, you you win the spread bet. I, Arizona State, I like that. Noon kickoff Eastern, 9 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. Texas, West Virginia, take Texas with the points. For some reason, I'm just not sold on West Virginia. I'm just not. They shellac K-State. Other than that, I think their season's kind of been meh. Even though 4-2, and two, you got to respect that. Texas, really big win over Okie State. Remember, they have to keep winning if Tom Herman wants to keep his job. So you got to say Texas there with the points. I'm going to keep going here a little bit, a little faster. Um, oh, here's one. Nebraska-Northwestern. Some of these games I'm skipping. Because some I just don't have comments on. Nebraska-Northwestern. Is Northwestern good? They didn't have a good year last year. Got a transfer quarterback, upgraded that position. Had a few good wins to start the season. Beating down Maryland and then coming back and beating Iowa. Who people like Iowa, Iowa's, we'll talk about them next. They're favored this week. Three and a half points. Nebraska, even though they're fans think they're good because they think that Wisconsin was afraid to play them because their coach and entire quarterback room got COVID. So Nebraska's got the confidence. But I'm not picking Nebraska. Are you kidding me? Northwestern. Three and a half points spread. I could see it even being, I could see Northwestern shellacking them. I think maybe not as bad as they beat Maryland, but I could see them winning by a touchdown or two. Michigan State, Iowa. Six and a half point favorite. I, I'd almost pick Michigan State outright. Are you kidding me? They just beat Michigan. Iowa lost two games that they easily could have won, but that's a red flag right there. That's a red flag right there. I like, I like Michigan State there. I don't know if Iowa has the right. Does it even though Iowa? Maybe Iowa's like the Kansas State of the Big Ten. They always are just good at every position, it seems like, except I think Iowa and Wisconsin at times, I watch them, and I think, can you guys get an offense that is good enough to, not good enough, but can you change your entire playbook where it's something that other similar to what other teams run? Because you, you guys have the talent to get the good players. You always have the awesome O-line. You get a decent quarterback. You always got good receivers. You're going to have a good team. And then you're even going to recruit better offensive talent to come and play around them. But whatever. That's another rant for another day. Syracuse, Boston College, Boston College. Scrolling down. Marshall. 45-point favorites. Also, shout-out Marshall. 16th team in the country. 45-point favorites over UMass. Ooh, not going to pick that one. Florida-Georgia, a big game. Big game. Big game in the SEC. 
Floor, I Georgia's favored by three and a half. Why am I picking a bunch of underdogs here this week? Is it a red flag or am I just a genius? Florida, Georgia. Florida should be 4-0. They, they kind of coughed up that Texas A&M game. So I think Florida. I think Florida's got... Georgia might have slightly better players at a few spots. I trust Florida's offense more than I do Georgia. Florida. Florida. Cincinnati, number six in the country. Another not power five team that has a chance to make the playoff. Going against Houston, I think Cincinnati will win. Oklahoma going against a winless Kansas. You take your guess on that one. Maryland, Penn State, Penn State. Ooh, Minnesota, Illinois. You got to go Minnesota. Seven-point favorites with the spread. I think you have to pick Minnesota with the spread there. I'm just not sure about Illinois. They kind of think their coach is on the hot seat. I think Minnesota has had a few good games here and there. Uh, If they would have executed better, they, they should have beat Maryland. They kind of let that game slip away. And the first week, they had a tough matchup. So I, I take Minnesota there. Mike Leach going for his second win against winless Vanderbilt. You got to say, Mississippi State, Mike Leach, they're going to win that game. I was looking at this one earlier. Texas Tech, TCU. TCU, nine-point favorites. Now, I might just have this weird effect kind of how i hate western or not i shouldn't say hate how i don't level west virginia in a lot of these spreads or these games which take take my word on it i like texas tech in a lot of these texas tech look, look at their season so far sure they had a narrow win at the beginning of the season got shellacked last week by oklahoma beat west virginia Iowa State lost pretty badly, lost to Kansas State. But remember, Kansas State's good. Got into a shootout with Texas Tech. If they have consistency at the quarterback position with Bowman, they should win that game. TCU, look at their schedule. Yeah, they beat Texas, but what else have they done this year? What else have they done? They lost to Iowa State. That score, that three-point score that has final, that's deceiving. They lost to Kansas State, which, remember, in that game, they were, I think they were double-digit favorites in that game. Kansas State beat them. Oklahoma beat them pretty handily, and then they beat Baylor, who is not that good. So I, I like Texas Tech in that. Texas, it's, I know Texas Tech's on the road, but road really doesn't have much to do with anything this year. So you have to like Texas Tech in this game, at least with the spread. At least. They can lose by less than a touchdown or less than nine points. Kidding me? Yeah. I like that. Arizona, Utah. Utah and other, even though they lost, they had a pretty uh, veteran class last year. I know their quarterback was a senior last year, and their running back was a senior, or at least went to the NFL, and he's on the Bills right now, I believe. Utah, another sleeper in the Pac-12, Arizona at Utah. Utah, they're... They might be the Kansas State of the Pac-12. I need to figure out what is the Kansas State of every conference. Utah, always consistent. Always a winner. Always in the mix. Always upset alert. Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Even though I love Kansas State, Kansas State 
is going to get killed in this game. Oklahoma State still trying to prove that they're a playoff team. Kansas State, backup quarterback. They've pieced together a few wins, but that offense isn't the same. And Oklahoma State has one of their better teams under Mike Gundy. And again, Mike Gundy, they probably should have won that game last weekend against Texas. Texas kind of stole that from them. So Oklahoma State, 12.5 points spread, but don't worry. I I think Oklahoma State covers that. Okay, moving on. Texas A&M, South Carolina. I'm not going to pick the spread on that one, but Texas A&M is going to win. UCLA, Colorado. I was looking at this one earlier. How the F is UCLA favored? Have we watched UCLA over the last two years? It's not like they were coming off like an 8-4 and four season. What they win last year? Like four, three or four games? Sure, sometimes their offense looked really awesome. I know they had a really young team and they're just kind of building. But that's not enough for me to have them favored over Colorado, who I'm not going to act like they're an awesome team, but let's not act like they're horrible. If I remember correctly, their coach just kind of sometimes you watch him on the sidelines and he's just sweating a lot, if that's the guy. So got to love that sweaty energy. I, I'd take Colorado, the spread, at least with the spread. Are you kidding me? Six and a half. I, I think I'd probably think Colorado should win the game. The game of the week, I think. Yeah, game of the week. Game of the week. Clemson-Notre Dame. I said this last weekend when I recorded, and I said I still think Clemson has a good chance to win this game if I didn't say that I think they're going to win this game. But I heard something this week. So, and something I should have known. How the ACC is structuring their conference championship. They, they, they threw out the divisions this year. So it's whoever has the two best records in the conference, right? And Notre Dame, obviously, part of the ACC this year. So it looks like a collision course where those two are going to be one and two there. If you're Notre Dame and you have playoff hopes, if you have hopes to get to the college football playoff, you aren't getting in if you lose to Clemson now and in the conference championship. Now is your time if you're Notre Dame. No Trevor Lawrence, even though I think I think Clemson's still favored by five. If you're Notre Dame, you have to think this is your shot. This is your shot to win this game. To stake your claim. Because if you win this game and you win out, and even if you lose to Clemson in the conference championship, you're pretty much in the playoff. Because that one win over Clemson, that has to be better than any other win that any other team in college football would have, right? Who, who's going to have a better win than that? Who? Maybe one of the SEC teams if they beat Alabama and, they're, and they have one loss? But if you're Notre Dame, you have a win over Clemson, national runner-up last year, national champion two years ago. It's impressive. So this is Notre Dame's chance. And even you might even get a psychological edge. I think psychology is an underrated thing that we don't mention enough in sports. You have that, because then you beat them this time. Your player is going to have that confidence going forward. 
they'll have that confidence going forward where they think, hey, we can do this. Hey, they're just changing that guy at quarterback. Is he really that good? He might be. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's going to be a big game. I, I, I definitely think one of the points I made on the last pod was that, at the very least, it's going to be like kind of interesting because with Trevor Lawrence, there's a chance. Remember uh, when they actually played in the playoff the last time Notre Dame made it, Clemson just kind of spanked them. Might be a good game. I love watching close games. That's why I don't watch a lot of Alabama. Not a lot of close games with Alabama. Not a lot of them. Rutgers, Ohio State. Who do you think's going to have the spread? Who, who do you think's more likely to cover the 38-point spread? Oklahoma versus Kansas or Ohio State versus Rutgers? Hey, you might look at that and be like, wow, Rutgers, how are you guys favored to lose by 38 points? If it makes you feel better, if I remember correctly, last year, Ohio State was favored to beat Rutgers by over 50. So Rutgers, in the span of a year, has improved by two touchdowns against Ohio State. Congratulations, Rutgers. You are back. You are back. Stanford, Oregon. Stanford, one of those teams that... I think last year they kind of had decimated with injuries. They got a good coach, obviously. It's one of those ones where we're going to have to wait and see it. I like Oregon with the spread here. Nine points. Are you giving me a touchdown and a kick? I know Oregon lost some people to the NFL. Obviously, Herbert, notably. But they, even though after since they lost Chip Kelly, Oregon's been a consistently good team. Consistent 10-win team, even without Chip Kelly. I think Oregon, I, I think they win. They're, they're going to have people that come in and plug their spots. They're going to be good. They're going to be ready. I, I like Oregon in that. Tennessee, Arkansas. Why not Arkansas? Why not? One and a half point spread for in favor of Tennessee. I like Arkansas. Screw it. Coastal Carolina, South Alabama. Remember, Coastal Carolina, the number one team in the Big 12 right now. They are top of the power rankings, and they are never letting them go. They're going to keep winning. Washington State, this will be the last one I talk about. Washington State, the Pac-12, remember, trying to appeal to the East Coast, the Midwest, and the mountains. Not as many late games. This is the only late game, which is actually going to be kind of nice because, I'll say this, I missed some of the late Pac-12 games this year. I miss it being when all of the late games that have started 7, 7.30 suck and I'm sitting around at like 8.39 being like, all right, I have nothing else to do now. But this Saturday I will because we are going to have Washington State and freaking Oregon State. Let's go. Oregon State. O- Oregon State's going to win this game. Oregon State last year, I mentioned it on a previous podcast. You've also heard me have that. I mentioned it on a previous podcast phrase like six times already. But Oregon State last year, if they would have done better out of conference, they would have made a bowl. That's how good they were in the Pac-12. I think they won four Pac-12 games. They had their quarterback get drafted six. Their coach was the former offensive coordinator under Washington's um, Chris Peterson. 
formerly Boise State's Chris Peterson. He came over. Oregon State played with energy. They had a good offense. You have to think second year coming in. I believe it's a second year. You have to believe that they've built something that they can build off of. I like Oregon State. Also, Washington State wasn't that good last year. And and actually, if I'm trying, sorry, something clicked in my head there. I'm pretty sure this game was like a crazy shootout last year. Hold on, I'm gonna look that up real quick. Bear with. Okay, I did just go back and check it. It was a crazy shootout last year. Washington State won. Was this? It was in. Yeah, I don't think it was overtime. They won. 54 to 53 in a shootout over Oregon State. Like I said, Oregon State, good offense. Washington State lost Mike Leach. That offensive firepower might be a little bit gone. Yeah, Washington State also lost another shootout to UCLA, 67 to 63. Wow. The Mike Leach, why did he have to leave Washington State? So much more and more interest in the Pac-12. I don't know who their coach is now. I'm not going to pretend to know to you people of the world. We are a worldwide show, by the way. Shout out Ireland. So, yeah, games to watch. Like I said, that Notre Dame-Clemson game, going to be fun to watch. A lot of other games, I said, Big, tw- Big 12, Pac-12 games, that USC-Arizona State game I think is going to be good. Obviously, uh, Florida, Georgia, we got games all over the place that are going to be good. Top 10 teams are going to be good. Ranked teams are going to be good. Even if you like, I like those middle of the road. I don't want to say middle of the road, but those above average, those, those conference games. Those just always seem to be the more entertaining games. I'm not a fan of watching Alabama beat Arkansas by 50. Sorry. Sorry, Nick Saban. Why don't you guys try and suck one of these years? More entertaining. Anyway, that's my college football predictions this week. Play some bets. You might win some money, or you might go bankrupt. We'll see what happens. Okay, I think I'm going to end this podcast with some shout-outs, close-outs, comments on the first two the two segments that you heard earlier. Uh, first off, I really don't have much to say about the Cowboys one. That one was pretty complete. Uh, I said, wrapping up the on that last uh, college football game, I didn't say sixth round when I was talking about the Oregon State quarterback, Jake Lutton. I didn't say sixth round. I just said sixth. Justin Herbert was obviously selected sixth. No, but the, the Oregon State quarterback was selected in the sixth round. And in fact, he is making his NFL, his first NFL start this weekend for your Jacksonville Jaguars. So watch out for that this weekend. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll suck. We don't know. Another thing that I think will be fun is if we can have some viewer suggestions, hit up my DMs on Twitter, Instagram, JWS Detective. 
about who is the K-State in each conference. If you've heard me over the last few podcasts, maybe a little bit in this podcast, the K-State team is one of those teams, they are always a threat to win every game, but they are never like jaw-dropping anywhere, but they're also never bad anywhere, if that makes sense. Where, obviously, uh, if you heard a little bit of this, Iowa State is where I went to school and where... I've watched the majority of my college football games in person. And K-State has beaten Iowa State every year, except for like twice from 2007 to now. And it's not like the K-State had like these miraculously good teams or, I mean, Iowa State had some really bad years, but it's just kind of like head scratching where you're like, wait a minute, how do these guys just always keep winning? They're always consistent. They don't make mistakes. I feel kind of bad saying that Iowa was the Kansas State of the Big Ten. I feel like that's an insult to – actually, I'll I'll let both fan bases argue over which side that was an insult to. So I want to hear about that. I want to hear about who is the Kansas State in the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten. We are looking for that. Also, shout out the NBA – It looks like they are going to come back in December, December 22nd. Good for them. Uh, NBA draft coming up in, I think, about 10 or, or excuse me, 12 days? 12 days? I think it's the 18th. My memory serves correct. I might have some NBA draft stuff on the podcast. I'm not sure. Maybe if there's a demand. Maybe if there's an uproar, maybe a riot or two. We'll see. We'll see. I might have one. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, JWSDetective. Thank you so much. Rate, review, subscribe. And we will see you next time.